More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As we gear up for the biggest year in politics, one thing we can all do now is start voting with our wallets. By supporting brands and companies that share your values, you're sending a message. It's like buying a team jersey, and we're on Team Sanity. Our sponsors are, too. So before we get behind the candidates, let's get behind the people, our people. Every day, men and women who have started businesses across the country, people just like you and me. Support a Clan Buck sponsor and let your voice be heard. The more of us that support them, the louder our collective voice becomes. Bold, reverent, and occasionally random. The Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast starts now. I got some important breaking news for everybody. You never know where it's going to come from. If I were to sit here and say... List, Clay, your favorite 80s guy movie that's so bad it's good. Is there, is there one that comes to mind right away? I mean, there, there's a bunch. Well, there's so many could... that are really good that, I, that it's hard to pick, you know, ones that are really good. Um, you know, I'm going through uh, all the 80s. Can, can I, so what's your what is the best? What is the best Patrick Swayze movie for your money? This is narrowing it down. Uh, point Break. Okay, that's is it I think that's technically nineties, but that's, is it Roadhouse I, I, for you? Or dirty Roadhouse dancing, is what I thought hand, you were. Dirty dancing guy. I, I I'm definitely not a big dirty dancing guy. Although nobody, nobody puts, puts baby in, in the corner. corner. That's right. Yeah. Um, Clay, they are remaking Roadhouse, a true classic of eighties guy cinema. I don't know. I've never met a woman who liked this movie. By the way, I, I, I'm sure there's some in the audience. Don't start. But this who, is like who's going to play the Patrick Swayze character in the new Roadhouse? Jake Gyllenhaal is playing a former UFC fighter who is hired by some rundown bar in the Florida Keys. So we got a Florida angle, free state of Florida, kind of exciting. And they're going to be remaking Roadhouse. I. Some of these remakes, first of all, it's isn't it astonishing how it feels like all everything now is just remake factory. Everything's being re- no new cool ideas allowed. Everything is being remade. But I don't know if they're going to ruin this one. It won't be as good as the original. The original is a classic, and there's some wow lines 
that I definitely cannot say on radio in the original. Um, but it's uh, it's getting remade. I just saw this now. Does the Florida Keys feel like a place that would be filled with really dangerous bar patrons? No. It feels like if you were going to pick a place in the United States where it would be less dangerous than the Florida Keys, like there's a bunch of really happy Jimmy Buffett paired heads, a bunch of really happy gay dudes. Like, I don't think of myself as walking into a Florida yeah. Keys bar and immediately fearing for my life. I think of Florida Keys as great uh, farm and ocean-to-table cuisine <laughs> and uh, you know people buying like trinkets from their trip. Like I don't think of Florida Keys but as a... It's all parrot heads, right? People who just want to get drunk and sing Cheeseburger in Paradise, like, and, and then gay dudes. Like, it doesn't, it feels like the least threatening place on the planet. Almost if you and, said, and, and can I, what bar are you less afraid to go out in than the Florida Keys? I can't think of one. Well, it's, it's also, the trailer is out, I should say. So it's not like it's, when I say it's being made, it's being released. The trailer is out. So I wonder if they do this homage to an 80s classic properly. Uh, right, Sam Elliott's in this one, isn't he? Back in the day, it's uh, it's quite a, quite a moment in cinema. Sam history. Elliott and Morgan Freeman, two best voices in cinema. Oh, that's bold. That's bold. Yeah. I like it. VIP email from Steve, and I did jot this down right after I said it. Clay, 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 the best voice in cinema, Darth Vader. You didn't even mention him, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, definitely. In that list, I think Morgan Freeman. He, he, he may have got. He may have got you on this one. Yeah, he, he might have got, got me there. I think Morgan Freeman best voice, uh, but James Earl Jones tough to beat as voices in cinema. And Sam Elliott, I think, is also. I mean, that that trio is pretty incredible. It's hard. Like you would hear that that, that trio could read any label in your kitchen, and it would sound incredible. Um, Ken in Southeast Michigan, he wants to react to you. Uh, and talking about uh, the Roadhouse movie being remade, your favorite uh, Swayze movie, who you got? Well, my favorite uh, Patrick Swayze movie, and it came out in 1984, and it's a hands-down movie because it definitely applies to modern times, is Red Dawn. Wolverine. Solid. Yeah, we've seen it. Uh, yeah. That is amazing. Ken, thank you for the call. We apologize to all the Swayze aficionados for not mentioning Red Dawn. I, I still we, think Point Break is actually my number one. Overall, that was my holds up the best. Red Dawn is a cooler concept than Point Break, but Point Break is a timeless classic of early 90s cinema. Cool detail, scary detail. You know, they remade Red Dawn like they remade Roadhouse. Yeah, and they changed they, from China to North Korea because they were scared they of offending the They changed the Chinese. bad guy. Russia was the bad guy in the initial Red Dawn. They said, okay, we're remaking it. China has to be the bad guy. Before it was released, China was upset they were the bad guy. They went in, Buck, digitally remastered all of the flags, all of the references to China, and made North Korea the villain. So I'll tell you, I I, I have not seen the remake as because of... I, I just I didn't want to be a part of that. It's, I feel sullied by the whole situation yes. that they would do that, right? It was uh, I, I found that particularly uh, bothersome. Road, Roadhouse, though, for those of you, for a lot of the guys who are listening are like, I love that movie. And it's not a movie you could defend to other people as being good. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yes. if someone doesn't like it, they'll probably win the argument about why it's actually absurd on every level. But guys love that movie, man. That movie's awesome. Somehow, it's a little bit like The Rock, another movie, 90s, absurd. A, you actually sit there and think about this movie preposterous premise 
some guy in the Marines is upset that they didn't get death benefits, so he's going to, like, you know, gas all of San Francisco. Like, the whole thing was crazy. Um, but it's a great movie, man. The Rock It is, is a really good play. movie. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. Wow. We have a bunch of excellent ideas for movie remakes that are better than the original. Uh, and I hadn't thought about these. Uh, True Grit, that one, I got to say, is very, very watchable Western. The, the remake, the original's good, too, to be clear. But the remake is, look, old movies, the pacing, the dialogue. Uh, you know, I know people are very nostalgic about old movies. In my view, very few old movies really, truly hold up. They're great for what they were. But it's kind of like, you know... A Stanley steamer is cool, but you don't want to drive around in it all the time. Like you appreciate it for what it was, you know, the very old car. What do you um, think? Yeah. What do you think the best hold up? That's another good question. The best old movie that holds up. And I mean, like old movie, not like something from the 1970s or the 1980s. I mean, I think the Hitchcock stuff, maybe just because we've all been trained to think he's brilliant, but North by Northwest and Psycho. And I think some of the old Hitchcock stuff holds up really well. Um, I mean, we're talking about like I'm trying to think of how old we're going back here. Um, I, I don't know what's the oldest movie that you can think of that you think Citizen is still Kane really- is still pretty an incredible a movie. I, I think like I I tried to watch it because everyone says it's the best movie of all time. And I fell asleep, so I'm gonna have to go back <laughs> to it. Uh, I was a little tired to be fair. Um, I just I just outed myself as like a total philistine when it comes to movies. Um, Lord of the Rings. Someone said that's a remake. There was a Lord of the Rings cartoon that they never finished. And I remember seeing because I read the books as a kid and then I wanted to be able to like see it on the big screen. And there was a cartoon. It was actually like a pretty good cartoon uh, for what it was at the time. Um, But the one that also got me is Dune, another fantastic novel, probably the best or the most, you know, beloved sci fi novel of all time in, in that genre. And if you look at it, a lot of Star Wars, I think, got a little ripped off from Dune. Um, but Dune is amazing uh, and the remake of it is a plus and the new one's coming out. Dune two is coming out, uh, soon. I think this year, uh, our, one of our guys down in Houston, Brian Erickson, he's a director of programming down there. We appreciate all of you listening right now. Uh, monster audience. He says the man on fire, Denzel Washington version way better than the original. Oh, I believe that. Cause that's a good, I didn't know that was a remake. See, I didn't that, know that, it was a remake good, either. That's, that's a, a good, that's a legit um, good movie. Yeah, I got I tell tons people, of people saying True Grit, like in my email, which is rare, like just deluged an email with people saying it, True Grit is an incredible. I think remake. Jeff Bridges got an Oscar for that. And uh, and True Grit is a it's a fan. It's a, just a great watch. Start to finish. Really, really well done. Matt Damon's even reasonably good in it. I, you know, I, I don't agree with the guy's politics all the time, but he is good in some movies. I got to say, um. You know what else I saw, though? Someone was in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, that producer Ali Senes, the person who said that Barbie is just a bad movie. I read that this morning, actually. I read that editorial. It's, I read it, too. I'm so glad that someone will speak the truth. Barbie is very much the movie equivalent of Hamilton, the Broadway show. It is not good, but everyone tries to tell you it's good. It is actually crap, but everyone tries to tell you it's good. Fight back, my friends. Hamilton is bad. Barbie is bad. Do not let the politics cloud your mind. We're talking art, and it's crappy art on both counts. My Boom. wife, I, I said she agreed with you. She watched Barbie, and she was like, yeah, it wasn't very... I haven't seen any of it. She watched it on her airplane flight recently. Laura's movie taste so far is 100%, so I'm just, you know, you, I don't know, Clay. You will get sketched yeah. out about it. 
Sundays with Clay and Buck. Okay, Buck. You, I mentioned, did not watch any of the games over the weekend, but you gave a review of Masters of the Air. Oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I had this on my uh, horizon because I enjoyed Band of Brothers, which is so well done, and the Pacific. And I was thinking, okay, this is the next iteration. It's Steven Spielberg, or sorry, it's Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg, isn't it? Or the same they're people who did producing it. I mean, yeah. I don't think they're that involved, but they're they're writing checks and you know involved in some of the. And they did a good stuff. job with the prior World War II epics that that a yeah, lot of Saving you Private have seen Ryan and enjoyed. Is a, is a phenomenal. It's an A plus movie. Um, Band of Brothers for me is an A plus TV show. You know, those are as good as it gets in the genre. The Pacific has A plus episodes. I would say there were a couple of episodes that you just didn't need at all. You all know what I'm talking about, where he's like in Australia having dinner with some family and you're like, I I just don't need to, you know, I understand that they are, you know, humans with lives and aspirations outside of the war and everything too. But, you know, there's a reason why like you don't see people, uh, washing their hands a lot in these, you know, and, and doing other things they do at home that they're not going to show you on video. Anyway, um, yeah, the Masters of the Air just stinks. It's just bad. I think I gave it a So C-. you're minus. done. You're not even going to keep watching the series? I'm going to give it one or two more because, you know, Carrie and I wanted it. We, we, this is the rare. Carrie likes romantic comedies and she'll watch war stuff. No, no sci-fi, no fantasy, no, you know, there's a whole. <laughs> so I'm like, when so I'm she won't watch Game of Thrones? Nope. When I'm lo- anything with dragons, she's out. Okay. Yeah. Anything okay. with lasers, she's out. So I'm on my own a lot with that stuff. We find this show. I think we're going to like it. The two main characters are named Buck and Bucky. And there's a whole back and forth about how that came to be. And I'm like, all right, at least anything that's not Uncle Buck, I feel like is bringing the Buck name back to its previous grandeur. But there's just, it's just slow. The dialogue is bad. It's, uh, you know, they they could have done so much more with what they have. You don't really like any of the characters. It's a shame, man. This I, is I one ex- of the most crushing reviews I bet they'll have because this audience is primed to love the love this show, right? It would be probably one of the, of all media audiences, one of the highest percentages of audience that would actually consider yes. it. This should be, but that's the thing. This, there's no excuse for the show not to be excellent, and it is far from excellent, and that's what bothers me. You know, you see something like All Quiet on the Western Front. I know it's World War One. It's a German movie. That's an A plus movie. The subject matter, the production value, there's no reason why it shouldn't be as good as it is. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday Drop with Clay and Buck. Buck, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but we kind of mocked her some on Friday. Alyssa Milano, who supposedly is worth over $10 million, and her husband, who is a CAA agent, uh, a guy who's making probably millions of dollars pretty regularly as a representative of the Hollywood elite. She was raising money for her uh, son's 12-year-old baseball team to go to Cooperstown, New York. Now, you'll remember, Buck, and probably a lot of listeners will as well, I actually got to do this uh, with my 12-year-old last year. I did the show from up in the Cooperstown, New York area. That's where the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is. It's extraordinary. If your 12-year-old has an opportunity to go play in this tournament, I highly recommend it. A lot of you out there, 12-year-old baseball, travel ball, I know... There are so many of you out there that are parents or grandparents in this universe. You know exactly of which I'm speaking. So uh, it's not cheap, as you would imagine. Uh, the kids, uh, the, the the amount you have to pay, travel ball in general is not cheap. You have to work hard uh, to, to give your kids the opportunity to do this. So, but Alyssa Milano has $10 million or more, lives in a house, as you mentioned, Buck, you went and interviewed her there. Four or five million dollar house in uh, in the L.A. area. Alyssa Milano, by the way, for those of you out there who are younger uh, or sub- uh, way older, you may not be familiar with her. She was on Who's the Boss. That's when she initially became famous, and then she's been on other programs since. She played uh, she played Matrix's daughter in Commando as well. For those of you who are true oh, action aficionados, yeah. And then she yeah. was on. Wasn't she on? Uh, what was the Charmed. She was on Charmed, uh, which is maybe where she is. Most. Allie just immediately jumps in. Charmed. She was on Charmed. So uh, Allie, huge Charmed fan back in the day. So Buck, she was trying to raise money for her son's little league team to go and play in Cooperstown. And we pointed out, like, this is just so tone deaf. If you are fortunate enough to have substantial resources, more than what you need to take care of your family, I would hope that at times you would sometimes make gifts, do nice things for the people around you without needing to draw attention to it. Certainly, I would hope that if you are wealthy, you are not asking people who have way less money than you to fund the extracurricular activities of your kids. So she put up like trying to raise money. Buck on Saturday, I saw it. There was like $794 outstanding. So I went and donated the remaining $794 for Alyssa Milano's Little League team to be able to go and play. 
And I said, I only have one request for that 794 donation from me to get them to go to Cooperstown, New York. I said, I just want the kids to all play in MAGA hats. Alyssa Milano obviously hates Donald Trump, super left wing. Um, They have not yet responded to my generous $794 donation or my request that they all play in MAGA hats. But Alyssa Milano Buck also drives a $200,000 Porsche. Some of you may say, okay, what's the what's your larger context here? An electric Porsche, Clay, because (laughs) she cares about her carbon footprint. Thank you very much. Is it really uh, an electric? Do they have electric Porsches? I didn't even know those existed. Yeah, well, it's like I think it's a hybrid, but yes. Um, so what I think is so interesting about this buck, and I would, I would be curious if you would sign off on this. Some people say, okay, it's I'm not sorry. that big of a deal. All, all electric, all electric, all just electric. checked. All electric Porsche, yep. Okay. To me, this is the perfect distillation of the Hollywood elite mindset. It is, they want massive amounts of resources for themselves And then they also want you to be making donations to allow them to have the lifestyle that they also want to even think about doing this. And I'll I'll give you a a mention here. Frank Siller, our friend who runs Tunnel to Towers, I think he's told this story on the radio before. But some people say, well, why does Frank Siller Tunnel to Towers... Why does he advertise with Clay and Buck? He advertised with Rush before. You guys have given over $5 million to Tunnel to Towers, by the way, uh, which is an incredible amount. I'd encourage you, like we always say, with Buck and myself to join us and be able to make those donations. Um, And why does he advertise on Fox News? And Frank will say, and, and I think it's just such an interesting window, and I think it ties in with this Alyssa Milano ridiculousness. Uh, Frank will point out that... He's tried to raise money on CNN or MSNBC. Their viewers don't donate because they view it as the responsibility of the government to take care of them. They don't take individual responsibility to do things that make the world better. They all believe in collectivism. And some people say, oh, why would you donate? To me, it is just shining such a bright, spotlight on her hypocrisy and doing it in a funny way she still hasn't responded she clearly could pay for the entire team to to go to cooperstown new york she could probably pay for the entire team to fly on a private jet to cooperstown new york and yet she wants you people who have far less resources than her to take care of her responsibilities but she's not willing to make the same sacrifice herself. And to me, it just is, and it ties in with that Tunnel to Towers angle. Yeah. The people who do the best and give the most often draw the least amount of attention to themselves and believe in individual responsibility as opposed to sort of this collective responsibility. I also think that uh, virtue signaling uh, leftist elites sometimes like to play this game of, yeah, I'm in the struggle too, you know, So she's going through the motions of, yeah, we need to raise money for my son's little league team, you know, just like everybody else. And they're it's like costume play. It's like they're pretending to be somebody that, you know, that's a totally legitimate thing. If, you know, if you're, uh, you know, the average American family and you're trying to get a trip together and everything else is fun. She's not the average American family. Right. Yes. But she wants to present this, the, the, the pretense of, yeah, I'm in the struggle, just like all of you. 
because a lot of libs, these collectivist libs that you're talking about, Clay, they feel tremendous guilt, too. They don't talk about it very much, but it's why they have a lot of the positions they do, because they're trying to make up for an insecurity. This is all your lib neighbors, all your lib family members. I'm just going to say it. You know, your your uh, your second cousin, um, you know, who's decided that he loves Joe Biden and you know voted for Obama twice and all this stuff. Ultimately, they take the positions they do at some level, I think. I mean, this is my theory, um, because they think that it makes other people think better of them. They don't actually think about what the actual positions will be um, or, or what the policy agenda is going to be. It's just about I do this because I'm the good person. I do this because, you know, I'm one of the smart people or the cool people. It's uh, branding. It's like individual personal branding. And a part of it as well for, I think, rich Democrats is, yeah, I'm in the struggle, too. Like, I know what it's like, you know, because they want they they always advocate for the working class publicly. They pretend to, at least. And then they I mean, I've, I've been to Alyssa Milano's house. She lives in like a I don't know, like a six or seven million dollar you know, mansion community. in a gated community 30 minutes from downtown L.A. and or th- from L.A., and uh, you got to go through armed security and a big gate to even get within half a mile of where she lives. So, you know, she's not down with the struggle is my point, but they like to pretend. Isn't it amazing how many people who don't support border security and don't believe in a wall live behind a wall? I, I mean, even Joe Biden, his beach house is behind a wall. The number of people who in their own private lives have armed security and a uh, wall to protect them from anybody being able to get into their community that don't support a wall at the border, that don't support funding the police, uh, uh, sorry, that supported defunding the police. They live such lies that I think the hypocrisy is tough to ignore. By the way, Ali, invite Alyssa Milano. I'm sure she won't come, but invite her to come on the show uh, to talk about um, uh, any issue that she wants. She has not responded, Buck. I paid now for the trip, uh, and and she has not responded to my generous offer uh, and and money. All I needed was for the team to play in MAGA hats. So uh, if you want to be entertained a little bit, you can go read about that. I did it on Saturday, and I did it because I just wanted to point out the hypocrisy of what she advocates for versus the reality of her life. Remember, didn't she show up dressed up as a... What was the... What's the show where uh, everybody, like uh, Elizabeth... Uh, the, sh- the show where everybody wear the handmaiden's tale where everybody wears the, the they all dressed up for like like handmaidens for the Kavanaugh hearings she was there on the front row leading that charge and meanwhile she can't even pay for her own kids to go to play in a little league baseball tournament she wants all of you to give money for them I mean, to be able think to about think about the level of delusion and mental illness you'd have to have to dress up like the handmaiden or handmaid's tale or whatever um to show up at Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation hearings based on the obviously absurd. And remember, there were many other allegations of rape that were made that were so crazy and so easily disprovable that Democrats pretended that they weren't even happening because they knew that it would undermine the three obviously false ones that they did come forward with. But I mean, imagine being that gullible and and that uh, obscene in your political beliefs and, and what you think that you would show up this is a guy who like coaches girls basketball. He's a dad. He's a husband. Every woman who'd ever worked for him said that he was incredibly uh, encouraging and fair and didn't have a sexist bone in his body. And they tried to 
ritually sacrifice yes. him, him in front of the entire country. It was demonic. It was it was the stuff of Moloch what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. Buck, they tried to get him kicked off of being able to be a volunteer basketball coach for his little girl's team. Yeah, they didn't just try like to a, strip as, him as if he's like a sex offender. I yeah. mean, the whole, it was insane. What they did, I will never forgive them for that. I will never forget that. I will never forgive Kamala Harris for it. I should be even harder than I am, I think, on what an atrocious politician Harris is. I just have to remind myself of that. Um, but yeah, Alyssa Milano was part of that whole uh, that whole mob that was trying to destroy him. I mean, that was the whole point of it. To destroy you know him. how hard it is to even get coaches to coach Little League teams these days? I mean, tons of you out there listening. People are so busy, they don't necessarily want to even take on the responsibility of doing it. And they tried not only to keep him off the Supreme Court, which was indefensible, they tried to tell him he couldn't coach an 11-year-old girls basketball team. Did I tell you how I ended up coaching JV high school soccer at my high school in New York because the headmaster called me and he's like, look, we we had it. We had somebody who said they could do it and now they can't. Something came up. So either you coach or we don't have a JV team. It was it was a week before the season started. That was it. So I said, I mean, my wife coached soccer this past uh, this past fall, Buck, because they were going to do away with the team Uh, on my my nine year old wanted to play soccer. And they didn't have a coach, and they said, unless somebody signs up right now, we're going to disband this team because the guy who was going to coach moved. And I'll tell you something. I mean, other than doing radio, um, the most fun job, I mean, and just pure enjoyment I've ever had in terms of just joy was definitely coaching soccer. It was yeah. it was great fun. I mean, it was – we also went like 10-1-1 or something, NBD, yeah. city semifinals. I mean, whatever. Who's counting? That's pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've loved. I've coached basketball. I've coached baseball. I've coached soccer now um, for all my boys at some point What do you time. think you're the best coach at, at coaching? What are you the best at coaching? Well, it depends on age, right? Because the kids are now, like, they're they're better than me. Like, if you had to coach in, like, a high, school, a high school level team, what would be the best sport for you to coach? Team sport. Although, you know, tennis doesn't count. Oh, uh, that's a good question. I think probably baseball. I mean, it's hard. I think it's yeah. harder to screw up baseball than it is football or basketball. Um, I think there's a less and baseball guy's going to be fired up at me now, but I think there's less um, decision making from a coach that screws things up. Um, whereas in football, like I mean, if you're not a great football coach, your team's a disaster. Um, and uh, and same thing in basketball if you don't prep them very much. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.